my wife is not just woman, she is my wife. And God made her a specific way, so me, Dave, is called to love her in a very specific way. When I, when I do premarital counseling, one of the things I, I see often and in terms of a, a trial as, as couples kind of begin that, that marriage process is that uh, the husband loves the wife the way he receives love. We do that, don't we? Like if we receive love by, by gifts, we tend to what? Give gifts. If we receive love by acts of service, we do acts of service. If we receive love by words of affirmation, we give words of affirmation. But the challenge is, is to love your wives the way they would receive that love, right? Uh, so if, if I'm one who receives love by receiving gifts, giving gifts may not be the way I, I should show my love to my wife because that's not the way God made her. God made her differently. So I want to find out how she receives love and love her in that way uh, because that's what the essence of sacrifice is, is, is laying down our lives for the ones that we love. This is exactly what we see that Paul is challenging husbands to do. So husbands, if you want to love your wives, you need to study and learn your wives. You need to know what, what causes her joy and what causes her sorrow. You need to learn that the things you should do and the things that you should not do, right? We want to love our wives. Then it says, as Christ loved the church. This is the model. The, the model that we have for loving our wives is, is Christ. And what did Christ do? Christ left everything. He left glory. He left being you know, uh, one with the Father in heaven. And he became one with the Father, still one with the Father, came down to earth and incarnated himself to us. He entered into our world and laid his life down. That's the example that husbands have. So if, if, if uh, wives have the, the calling of to be like Christ in his submission to the Father, husbands have the same calling as to, to lead and to lay down their lives, their, their wants and their desires for their wives as Christ did for us. So the calling for both a wife and a husband really is to, to model after a Christ-likeness. Uh, so husbands, their, their, their leadership in their home should be one of sacrifice. Uh, so a husband that does not does that lead in sacrifice, does not lead in humility, is not leading like Christ. Um, I think oftentimes when we see this passage kind of talked about in the kind of the broader world, they'll say, well, I don't agree with Christianity and roles in, in marriage. Well, I think those who, who say that don't see often the, the, the beautiful picture that God is trying to give us um, in marriage. So when a, when a husband loves his wife as Christ loves the church, willingly giving himself again and again to serve his wife and by extension his, his children, a wife does not have a problem following that leadership. Now, we see that in every other area of our life, do we not? So if you're at a job and you see a boss who is one who is sacrificial, one who's laying down his life and going above and beyond, who's encouraging, who's patient, who's kind, uh, and how he treats his employees, usually you say, let's follow him. Or if a, a soldier uh, looks at their commander and sees one who's willing to lead out front and to willing to, I'm not going to ask you to do anything that I'm not willing to do myself, well, then you're going to have soldiers who are willing to follow their commander into, into battle. Well, well, beloved, if we want our, our men, husbands, if we want our wives to follow us, we will have to be willing to sacrifice and lay things down. Ladies, if you're looking for a, uh, a husband, if you are unmarried, I pray that you would find one that is, um, is worth following. Someone who is a servant, someone who is willing to lay down their lives, someone who is, who is humble. Now, there's a reason why we're doing this, right? That Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So our model is Christ. What did Christ do? Christ lived and he died, right? He went to the cross. He was dead and buried and God raised him from the dead, right? 
There's the promise for us husbands. When we live and love in the way that Christ would have us, what we're doing is we're giving this fragrant aroma to the world that Christ is, is real. And we are picturing and modeling what God has done for us in salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ. This is a glorious thing, right? So when we give ourselves time and time again, not for ourselves, but for our wives and for our families, what God says is that uh, we get a glimpse of Christ. That's, what, that's one of the reasons why God made marriage. You'll see that clearly in the text. But there's a purpose that, verse 26, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. There's kind of like a dual purpose here. I think that this is kind of what happened when Jesus Christ laid down his life for the church. He sanctified the church, meaning he made the church holy. Uh, he cleansed the, the church with the washing of water with the word. So he, he gave them thy, thy word, thy word is truth, and that, that word that formed and shaped the, the church. That's the same idea of what husbands are called to do for their wives and, again, by extension, their, their families. The, the, the goal for a husband is the holiness of his wife and the holiness of his children. It's to love in, some to, in such a way to purify your wife, right? Now, we know that we don't have that power, right? That's the power of the Holy Spirit of God. But if we love in a particular way, what happens is we, we encourage and we exhort holiness in our spouse, when we exemplify that kind of love, they tend to become more and more like the Lord. But it gives us reasons, ways that we should do this, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. One of the, the callings of, of, of the leader of the home, the husband, is to, do, is to wash their family with the word, is to, is to read the word of God together, it's to talk about the word of God. Now, this is one of the things that's probably the most, one of the things I have found, the, one of the most challenging things as, as a husband and a father is to have maintain those regular times of family worship. Because life gets really busy, does it not? And because life gets really busy, sometimes you sacrifice those things. Or, or you're tired at the end of the day and you don't feel like diving in. But we have to continue to be diligent and fight to have those times of, of washing your family with the word. It doesn't have to be only in a family worship in a set time. It could be in a conversation you, you, like when, when you're in the car, uh, whether, when you're in the grocery store. Uh, and when you're on a walk with your kids or when you're playing a board game, I mean, it doesn't really matter when because when you, the Bible's very clear that when you, when you get up and when you go to sleep, when you walk along the way, Deuteronomy chapter 6, we should always be talking about the truths of God, right? So it's not always relegated to one time. That's one time is helpful and good and right, but it should be your whole life where we're doing that with our, with our wives and with our children. So that the purpose that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. I think sometimes when we think about marriage, we have a very small view of marriage. Uh, we don't understand how, how glorious it is. Uh, God had, has his goal for the, the great story of the world is how God came and sent his son uh, to rescue sinners, to bring them to himself. God wants to make a people for himself who are zealous for good works, Right? The, the great story of the world is the, is the grand meta-narrative of Scripture when God rescues sinners and brings them to himself and we get to be with him forever. This is a glorious thing. And that's one of the reasons why he gave marriage. He gave marriage as a window so that we could see through marriage to that great story, that great story that God has came to save us from our sins. So it says here that we want ultimately to present the church in, in splendor right? We want to be holy. Uh, that's what Christ does. God's going to take his bride. He's going to purify the bride, remove all the wrinkles and blemishes, and bring us into his presence. Perfect. 
right? Uh, even recent, recently reading Revelation, it says that we are, 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 are wrapped, each one, uh, in that robe of white, that robe of righteousness. That's a beautiful thing. And that's really the end goal of, of husbands. The end goal is that our, that our wives and our children should be glorious, that, that we, could, we would work and pray and labor so that the wrinkles and the blemishes of our families would be removed, right? Uh, and I, I've, I've prayed this for our church since I got here, that God would give us men who love their wives uh, to remove the wrinkles and blemishes, the, the things that are unholy in their family's life, that they may become more and more like Christ. But I've also prayed that for the church, that God would give us men and women to love each other in such a way to remove the wrinkles and the blemishes of our congregation. Uh, beloved, our church has wrinkles and blemishes. Every church does, right? Uh, and I think that if you, if you see during this season, right, of quarantine and, you know, chaos in our day, you're going to see more wrinkles and more blemishes, right? The wrinkles and blemishes were already there. But guess what happens with the, with the heat of this world? Things are now what? They're exposed. They're brought to the surface, right? Now, what happens typically when you see a wrinkle on your, on your face, ladies? You cover it up, right? You try, you try to make it go away. I'm, I don't really know this. I'm just kind of talking out loud, right? I should, I'm, I'm thinking right now, I wish I did not say that, but I just said it, so I can't take it back. Um, I'm so glad that this sanctuary is not full right now. Uh, but now there's probably 18,000 people watching online. Not true. Anyway, what, what I'm saying is, is that when, when wrinkles are exposed, you can deal with them, right? You, 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 try, you try to address them. When, when, thing, when sin is exposed in our life, that's not something that we can just ignore. We deal with it. We, we, try, to, we try to work that out and, and try to um, take care of it. Verse 28. I'm moving on as fast as I can. Um, in the same way, husbands should do what? Love their wives as their own body. He who loves his wife loves himself. It's a beautiful picture, right? Uh, no one ever hates his own flesh, um, but nourishes and cherishes just as Christ does the church. Uh, so when we think about our, our own bodies, no one um, takes knives, takes a knife and just stabs themselves in the thigh. Like that would be a good idea. That makes no sense, does it? Right? No one should do that, right? Well, why would you do that to, to your spouse? And maybe a jabbing of a comment, right? Or not caring for them, not serving them, right? Ignoring them or neglecting them. Basically, what you're doing is you're, you're stabbing yourself. Because remember, the, this is the picture here. We're verse 30. Uh, because we are members of, of, of his body, verse 31. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. In all the, the key marriage uh, passages in the Bible, this verse tends to, to kind of bubble back up to the surface. It's here. It's in Matthew 19. Uh, Again, the foundation of the world, Genesis chapter 2, this great verse that a man and his, shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife. So this, this, this couple becomes new, right? They become one flesh. Um, they're no longer two, but one. So why would you hurt yourself? So if you, when you love and, and care for your spouse, what you're doing is you're actually loving and caring for yourself. It's a very natural way, right? Because you're no longer two, but you're one. And we all know this. I mean, you've, you've heard the statement before, a happy wife makes a happy life, right? If you love and care for your, your spouse and you nourish and you care for her, you tend to cause them to grow. Now, if you could take a step back, those of you who, who may not be married, right, what you see in this passage is, is really Christ being our, our bridegroom, 
right? We are the bride of Christ. And really what, what Christ has done is in, in coming and, and dying and laying down his life for us, he takes that which is, which is not with God and he connects it to God. So one of the ways the Bible talks about salvation is that we are now united with Christ. We are now in Christ. We are now one with Christ. Well, how does that, that, that happen? Well, it happens through the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ and us believing in his name. And, he, and, and God takes us and rescues us from the dominion of darkness and brings us into the kingdom of the beloved son where we have forgiveness, uh, redemption, the forgiveness of, of sins. So when you see a, a marriage that is um, a picture of Christ and his church, a husband laying down his life for his wife and a wife responding to that love, what you're seeing is God's love for you. That's a reminder of God's love for you. So you can look at, look at marriage and say, well, I don't have someone or I don't, you know, you have someone because you have Christ. You have Christ. Christ came for you to be your, your bridegroom. Then it says in verse 32, this is a mystery is profound. I'm saying it refers to Christ and the church. It's a glorious thing that we who were far off, right, are brought near to Christ. And remember the, the passage of, of chapter 3 of Ephesians, this mystery that is keep, keeps on, that is profound, is that God is going to take Jew and Gentile and make them one in Christ, right? Isn't that a, an absolute beautiful thing? Then he kind of, Paul kind of turns the, the, the picture and he says, however, let each one of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. So how do you be filled with the Spirit? Well, you be filled with the Spirit by... Uh, loving your wife. And again, he reminds husbands time and time again to do this. Why? Because men are forgetful. And it's hard for men to do that. Right? The, the, the picture that we often get of the American male is that American male goes to work, comes home, sits on the couch, grabs the, the remote control, or as I grew up calling it, the clicker. My kids don't like that. Um, and just sits on the couch and, and he's, he's there for the rest of the night. Well, that's not a good picture of manhood. Right? picture of manhood is and, and, and being a good husband is one who comes home, engages with his family, washes his family with the word, loves and serves. And I'm grateful for our congregation because we have many godly husbands who love their wives, love their, their children, and serve and lead, right? One of the great pictures that I get, great um, opportunities I have when I kind of counsel young couples before they get married, I say, look around the church. Look around all the examples that you have of people laying their life down for their for their wives, look at all the, all the godly wives who, who respect and honor their husbands. If you want to learn how to be a good wife and a good, be a good husband, just watch the plethora of examples that we have in our church. I pray that we would have more and more. That our church, in our, in our marriages, when people walk in this place, when they see each other interact, and when they come into our homes uh, and they see us uh, interact with our families, what they see is a window to the gospel. A window to that great story of Jesus Christ coming to save his people so that we could be united and be one with God, members of his body. Let it be so, I pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the grace you've given us this night. We do pray that you would just uh, be kind to us as we meet. Hear our prayer, Lord. And we do pray specifically for husbands, that they would be godly, that they'd be servants of their uh, wives. Uh, we also just pray, God, that you and your and your power would create uh, marriages that reflect your gospel so that people would see through our marriages in this congregation to the great story of Scripture, the great story of Christ redeeming his people, that we would be one with you. So, Father, we ask this humbly and yet boldly. 
In Jesus' name, we ask, amen. Um, so if you have your um, uh, some prayer requests,